I'm going to teach you about four battles. Four. Now the Gog of Magog is a principality and power. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in the supernatural sphere. Such is Gog. An overlording principality spirit. He shows up in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. He shows up again all the way at the back of the book in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John the beloved on the island of Patmos 50 miles off the coast of Ephesus. When he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind him a voice, he had a vision. Ezekiel had a vision. We're supposed to be having dreams and visions. He shows up in Revelation chapter 20. There, another battle called Gog of Magog. There has been great confusion that these two battles are the same battle. They are not the same battle. They in fact happen at least 1,000 years apart. Gog of Ezekiel 37 and 38 is an overlording territorial spirit who had authority and rulership over the area of geography called Magog. These are modern day Russia, modern day Turkey, Cappadocia, modern-day Persia, Iran, and other geographic locations in that sphere. Oh. These must have, this battle must have Certain things come into alignment before it can happen. It must happen prior to the rapture of the church. The fall of Afghanistan back into the hands of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda Our own elected officials don't even know who's in Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda has never been out of Afghanistan. They're there right now. We, the United States of America, has fought a war there for just under 20 years. We decided arbitrarily to leave. 
Why? The problem was compounded with not knowing our objective. Why did we go there? We went there to destroy bin Laden. Took us a while to find him, because like a rat, he ran through those tunnels and mazes through the mountains and hid out in Pakistan. But we got him. Our objective then should have become to put in place intelligence along with some air power to keep the Taliban in check. So we did that, we did that, we did that, we did that, we did that. And because people in the Middle East are like the people of China, they deal in years, not days. They deal in decades. They deal in generations, not eight-minute attention spans. We left. We left 70 armored Humvees. We left all of our Apache helicopters. We left all of our tanks, all our surface-to-air missiles, all of our ammunition, And by most estimates, at least 15,000 Americans, plus many, many more of our allied Afghanis who have worked with us for 20 years under the promise, if we go, you're coming with us. These are those that you saw holding on to C-17s that were taking off from the Kabul airport and falling thousands of feet to their death. Go ahead and get out, but could you do it in some kind of order? 670 people packed in one C-17 it's a thousand miracles that got off the ground. When is the church going to wake up? Afghanistan, Pakistan, Russia, China, Libya, Sudan, Egypt. Guess what they all surround? The only true democracy in the entire Middle Eastern Hemisphere, the tiny little sliver on the Mediterranean with Jerusalem shimmering like a diamond on a velvet couch, the exact geographical center of the earth, Israel. I will remind you, God's word declares, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. Yeah. Oh, I want to, uh, I can't believe I don't get to get into this. Would you like to know 
the total lives lost in Afghanistan? Because hmm? none of your news agencies reporting it to you. The news media and politicians want you to think, well, everything's going right according to plan. You didn't have a plan. Are you ready? Since 9-11-2001, 120,256 lives. Tell me what we left behind. Tell me what we left behind. Okay, here. Following the United States militaries at the behest of the politicians, unconscionable and completely botched exit from Afghanistan, officials estimated that the Taliban would take over the government in around 90 days. 20 years, and we're gonna leave, and they're bragging about the Taliban taking back over the nation in 90 days. So what was accomplished? Over 200,000 lives lost. I'm not saying we never should have been there. I'm not saying we should, shouldn't have had a clear-cut objective. The problem is, can't nobody figure it out. If I'm going to have you exit this building, I'm not going to lock all the doors put armed guards around all the doors and then tell you, you got to get past that to outside and there's a car, but you can only go through that door right there and on the other side of that door, men in United States of America uniforms we're letting our adversaries wear our uniforms. But that's what happens in a nation where you hate the flag and you hate the nation and all you want to do is ridicule the greatest nation God ever put on this earth. Well, it didn't take 90 days. It took six, six days. We gave the entire nation back to the Taliban and handed them all of our weapons, all of our machinery, all of our, our weapons of war, all of our ammunition. We only had 2,500 men there to begin with. What was their mission? Give cover, give cover to the government and the military of Afghanistan. We were told, oh, we've trained that army, they're ready. Wait a minute. You can always tell when a politician is lying, whenever they open their mouth, because they talk out of both sides. 
Oh yes, we've got them well trained. They are ready. But the Taliban will be in control in 90 days or less. What? You say, what does this have to do with anything? Oh, it has to do with the exact moment we are in. Do you know what the world is looking at right now? A post-American world. The world's looking at it. The problem with America is she thinks she can do anything and God will be fine and Bible prophecy will not be fulfilled. This book has stood because it's true. And what it says is what happened in Afghanistan seven days ago today has set the stage for the battle of Gog and Magog, which began to be set in May of 1948 when Israel became a nation again. The battle could not happen before then. And then in 1978, 1948, before that it was called Palestine. God said, I will bring my people from the four corners of the earth, including the North country, Russia, when the first former Soviet Jews began to return by the thousands to that little sliver of land on the Mediterranean, God's clock started ticking. May 1948, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. This battle, Southern Russia, China, Libya, Ethiopia, Sudan, will converge on Israel. Do you know the only reason they haven't? America. Those nations know they could swallow up Israel in two days if it wasn't for America. No wonder they chant, Israel is the great Satan. America is the little Satan. Death to America. Death to America. Death to Israel. Death to Israel. Did we show a sign of strength in our botched exit from Afghanistan? Right in the middle of the whole thing? We gave them our weapons. We gave them our uniforms. Find America in Bible prophecy, please. America cannot remain a global superpower for the battle of Gog and Magog to take place. So goes 
the prophetic timetable of God. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. Do you think Israel is nervous about our commitment? Do you know what China is now saying? Taiwan, if you want an example of what's going to happen to you, just look at Kabul. Quote, quote, from the leading communist newspaper in China. Taiwan, you're next. Because they feel no strength, no support, no wisdom, no global strategy coming from America. They feel we are weak. Don't you think that the world has taken, hasn't taken notice that we have walked away from our Judeo-Christian foundations which made us great? See, I can't even get anybody. You know, I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about. They see men marrying women, women marrying women, they see us, we can't tell the difference what sex our third grade children are. They see us confused. They see us waffling. They see us caving in. They see us giving in. They see us walking away. They see the disintegration of the nuclear family in America and they rattle their sabers and say we can take them. Well, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to pray, we're going to study, we're going to worship, we're going to go to church every time the doors are open. This is no time to miss church because your seven-year-old has a cheer practice. Look, I can't get no help. This is where we are. Nobody's willing to pay a price for anything. You can have all of God you want. But everything of him will cost you something. Even John the Baptist knew that and said, I have to decrease so he can increase. Some of you all spend more time getting ready for a football game than you did to come to church today. Am I getting through to anybody? You're not on a journey right now. You're saved or you're lost. And I'm telling you right now, faster than a wheel ever turned on an axle, Jesus is coming. He may come today. The events in the Middle East have set the stage for the perfect fulfillment of the battle of Gog, that overlording spirit, and Magog, that area over which he has dominion, which is to bring about not the battle of Armageddon, not the battle of Revelation 20, but the battle of the vision, the prophetic word given to Ezekiel. And I'll walk you through it. 
at least three of you. The rest of you don't seem like you want to come back. You... God's not mad at you. He's trying to rescue you. He's trying to say to you, lift up your head toward the hills from whence cometh your help. Turn to God, America. Turn to God, family. Turn to God, ma'am. Turn to God, sir. The end is near. Night cometh. Everyone standing, every head bowed. Forgive me for barely scratching the surface, but the Holy Ghost had his way, and we give him his liberty always. But I need to whet your appetite for where we're going. Four major battles. Four major battles. I can tell you which nations will fall. I can tell you how they will fall. The only thing I can't tell you is exactly when. But I can tell you the season. Who can tell me what season we're right on the precipice of? Tabernacles, tabernacles begins with the feast of trumpets, right? You know another trumpet? First Thessalonians chapter four, the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up, the rapture. So we understand we do not know the day nor the hour, but we do know the season. The Lord Jesus will come According to Bible prophecy, I believe, during the season of tabernacles. Immediately following the Feast of Trumpets is what are called the 10 days of awe. This is a time that God calls us to repentance, to prayer, to self-examination, to consecration. Oh, that one over me. To concert, that, that means denying yourself and seeking him. It is also the period of time every year where more wars are started than any other time. You're not listening. It is also the time of year where there are more upheavals in nature. And it's not global warming. It's that the adversary of our souls knows one of two things is going to happen during that feast season. Jesus is coming, or all of us receive a double portion of seven anointings. I'm not going to go into that. All I'm telling you is if you think there's upheaval now, just hold on a few weeks. Just hold on a few weeks. And God says, tabernacle with him. Get close to him. There's no time to miss church. Now, there's no time not to watch on Wednesday night. This is no time not to be in the Word, not to pray. This is no time for fighting and fussing. This is time for obedience, for consecration, for walking circumspectly, to walk in holiness and purity. This is God's time. Father, Give every one of us judgment day honesty. I thank you for visiting us today. I thank you for the blessing of your presence. Oh my God, we pray for those 
that can't get to the airport in Kabul. Families. I know that it's way late, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Maybe. You know what the Battle of Gog of Magog is called? Setting the hook. It's called setting the hook. I will set a hook in their jaw. Listen to me. See how many of you have seen this on your news feed. The Taliban is at this moment going door to door. Door to door. If you are found with any object of Christianity, this is what you face. Now remember, our government is flying out empty airplanes from Kabul because they can't get the people from their homes through the gates of the airport because we surrendered it to the Taliban. So they're asking these modern cavemen, would you please let us through? After we've been here in a war with you for 20 years? Are you kidding me? I got a report from a friend whose friend was an interpreter for a government agency. They came to his home. Where's your phone? They took his cell phone. They opened it up and found a Bible app. They took him into the middle of the street with machetes, took off both of his arms, with fire burned his badge into his chest, with his family watching, put a rope around his neck and hung him by the lamppost in the road, and then murdered his family who they'd made watch that gruesome ordeal. Except a six-year-old little girl that the Taliban took for their own purposes. And we get uncomfortable that we stayed in church a little bit long. America, you better wake up. You are so blessed of God. You are so blessed of God. You are in the wealthiest nation on earth. You live better than 92% of the world's population if you're living in the streets of America. Sure, America's got her problems. Do you ever see a family that didn't? They were lying to you. You ever see a church that didn't? They were show sure enough lying to you. Because most churches get messed up when you show up. It's just a joke. Our brothers and sisters are dying all over the world. 
in religious persecution. Could we man up? Could we, eating our heart attacks in a paper sack, at least have the strength to pray? Could we at least pray? Could we worship a little longer? Could we be in the Word a little bit more? Could we stop fussing with one another? Could we focus on the one? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're one of two kinds of people. Here in this building, there in Elkhart, watching online, you're one of two kinds of people. There are not three, there are only two. Those with a born again, recreated spirit and those with a spirit that is dead in trespasses and sin. God is not condemning you, but God will convict you so that he can convince you of the righteousness that he can give you. All you have to do is ask. I'm gonna to count to three. If you wanna know which side of that line you're on, in this Sunday morning, in the middle of the last days, surely of this planet. When I say three, there's something between you and God, you wanna get it right today. You wanna to know you're alive for all eternity. When I say three, raise that hand. Don't hesitate. One, two, three. Raise that hand. Leave it up. Every single one of you with your hand raised, we're going to play happy music. We're going to get into the aisle. Everyone that raised your hand, I don't care where you are, all the way the very back row. I don't care where you are and I don't care what time it is. When I say three, as quickly as you raised your hand, get into the aisle and come meet me right here. This is called an altar. One, two, three, come on. I'm not waiting, come on, come on. I'm gonna pray. All right, everybody, everybody, pray with me. Pray out loud so you can hear with your own ears. I mean from the back row to the front row with all the gumption you can find. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I come to you today, I come to you just, today like I am. just like I am. I can't be anything else. I can't be anything I'm else. not going to fake it. I heard today, I heard today that I'm either dead in sin or I'm alive in you. And today I choose life in you. I accept you, Jesus. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. And I confess you as my personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I will live for you. I'll get a Bible. Give everybody a Bible that doesn't have one today. I'll get a Bible. I'll read it. I'll come to church. I'll watch pastor online. And I am born again. Now I say to every one of you, receive the life of a child of God. Be born again in your spirit, man, never to die, ever again to be separated from God. Shout, I'm God's child. It feels so good. I could almost clap. Oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. 
head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.